Today's guest is Craig Kulik, who is the curator of creategoodmornings.com. Craig and I had a great conversation about how starting off your day early is the key to, you know, feeling happy and successful and, and getting some stuff done. I mean, we joke in the in the interview that I just use it as a private therapy session, but I think a lot of the the struggles that I have with with anxiety and scheduling and my endless to-do list often starts with a not so great morning. So Craig has a great list of tools and, and resources for you guys to get on the path to creating good mornings. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome to the same 24 hours podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day. And it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. Today's guest is Craig Kulik. Hi, Craig. Hi, Meredith. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Excellent. So Craig is the curator of the website Create Good Mornings, and we're going to talk about, well, creating good mornings and athleticism and all sorts of fun stuff. So Craig, when did you decide that creating good mornings was like a thing you needed to do? <laughs> yeah, I hmm, I was thinking about this just yesterday, actually. And usually when I tell the story, there's sort of a definitive point, which was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I was thinking a little bit about it, like I actually started the habits of creating a good morning when I was training for Ultimate Frisbee and wasn't working at the time. I would get up and do my training in the morning. So that was something that I found really effective for getting that part of my life done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in terms of the tipping point that I usually talk about, it's when I started working full time from home. And I realized that if I didn't get stuff done in the morning, I would work late into the evening Um, and I wouldn't really get that much done in the evening in terms of things that I wanted to do for me personally. So I wanted to build certain habits, and I just started to stack my mornings with different routines and rituals that were important to me. So at that time, physiotherapy was a big one because I had an injury from Ultimate Frisbee, and I just wasn't getting it done in the evening. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the tipping point, I would say, of when I really started to invest in mornings, and then I've doubled down on it over the past six years and become a little bit obsessed with it as I I do with some things. And now (laughs) I, I write a blog about it. I don't know anything about obsessive nature at all. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So did you, when you were doing your physical therapy exercises, did you realize that you would get them done if you put them first, right? Is it about making, kind of putting your priorities in the morning? Is that where it kind of started? Yeah, I guess that's what it, came from it it wasn't even that really well thought out at first to be honest it was more I was experimenting uh, in terms of how can I just get this done like this is really important to me I need to do this physiotherapy because I really want to play competitive ultimate frisbee and I tried doing it in the evening and I just couldn't consistently get it done I would be tired or lazy or something would come up and I said well what if I put this into the morning and do this first thing when I get up um, and make it a priority. And then it, it worked. So I just added other habits and routines after that. So what did you add on to your routines, to your physiotherapy routine? What did you start to add? The first ones were 
flossing because <laughs> <laughs> I need to floss better. That's what I should do. I should start right. with flossing. Well, and I even started with one tooth because yeah. I really didn't want to floss. <laughs> I have heard that and I just can't. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, it's it works though because, you know, flossing your whole mouth when you're not flossing, it's just not that enjoyable. Like you bleed, it hurts. Right. I wasn't very good at it either. Like I really struggled to actually get the floss in between my teeth and back out. So which tooth um, did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> which was the Which was the special honored tooth? <laughs> well, it's it's funny that you asked that because I I mean I can't quite recall maybe the exact tooth, but now that you pose the question, I do always floss starting with the same tooth, uh-huh. and so that's the the middle teeth at the top. <laughs> where I always start, and then I go to the right and then at the top, and then down to the left and all the way around. So. That's probably the first one I started with. Well, and I have a problem with that concept because you're not really just flossing one tooth. You're flossing two teeth. You know, so <laughs> when people say you're going to floss one tooth, I'm like, yeah, but you're getting the neighbor. So it's actually two teeth. <laughs> That's true. I guess and I need to And then it's overwhelming because now you're flossing two teeth. <laughs> so why do it? Right. Okay. So flossing. The um, flossing was one. And the other, I guess the third one that I added at that point was meditation. Sorry, like my I answering kind of... machine started going off. Hold, please. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So like I mentioned, at that time, I was trying to recover from an injury, and I wasn't able to play ultimate or even any other sports or activity. Like I was someone who was really, really active and got injured and then couldn't be active at all. Um, and I was craving this stress relief that I would get from exercise. Uh, so meditation was one that I was like, okay, I'll try that because I did, had done yoga in the past. And one of the things that I really liked about yoga was that it gave me this mental clarity and release that I was quite surprised when I when I first tried it. So that was the third one that I tried. And, and since then, I mean, there's dozens that I could talk about that I've tried. It's really funny, though, since I started this podcast, it's almost like 90% of the people I talk to who are successful and have positive outlooks on life and are doing good things meditate. And I've always been extremely resistant to meditation just because I'm stubborn and it's like flossing. I don't know. And (laughs) it seems like everyone I talk to has some sort of meditation practice. And um, the guest that I had on, actually, he'll be on this week's episode. Um, We're actually doing a 30-day meditation challenge for the audience because (laughs) it's like, and, and I'm included in that because I suck at it. And so... Um, right. Yeah, it, it really, it's kind of slapped me in the face enough times to where I'm, I'm conceding. Okay, fine, I'll meditate. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm glad that you're doing it. And I think one thing that is really important to keep in mind is that everyone sucks at it. It's, it's not about being good at it. That's right. like what we think it's about when we think, oh, like, I want to meditate and go to this really calm and peaceful place and be really zen and not have any stress and worry like that's what we think when we want to get into meditation but that's not at all what it is and that's I'm sure what you'll discover and what I've discovered is it's really a lot more about knowing yourself it's a lot more about understanding what you're thinking about and what's connecting you to have those thoughts and what are the emotions that are coming up and why are you having that and so it's really this inner perspective of how you operate which it's 
tremendously valuable for how you deal with your own emotions, your own reactions to things, and how you deal with other people and situations. Like, you know, you can be really angry about something or really sad about something or really frustrated about something. And instead of trying to make that go away, you can learn to sit with that and to hold space for that and to understand the layers of how you feel about certain things or what's happening in your life. It's, it's just incredible. I, I can't say enough good things about it. And it's probably partly timed with, I just did my longest continuous meditation over the weekend. I came back from a weekend retreat uh-huh. and it was a, a silent meditation. And I was pretty much silent the whole time. Um, and that was just remarkable. Was it weird to not like open your mouth? Well, you opened your mouth to floss and brush, but pretty much otherwise you didn't, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't floss on the weekend. Oh, I usually don't keep up the flossing ritual when uh, things like this happen. Or even on the weekends, I don't necessarily floss every weekend. It's more of a, a weekday ritual. But yeah, I mean, I I did want to talk. Absolutely. There, there was two friends that I had that were also doing it at the same time. So I especially wanted to talk to them at certain points and right. say, you know, like, what's going on with you? Like, how's this for you? Or this is really weird, right? Like, or this thing came up, but that's part of the process. That's part of seeing, oh, okay. Like I'm thinking about wanting to talk about this. What, what does that mean? And, and then you quickly realize that that thought drifts away and all of a sudden you're thinking about, something else. Um, and one thing that I did this weekend, which I'd kind of done a little bit in the past, but I didn't, I haven't done it as, as militantly as I did it this weekend. And, and that's labeling the thoughts that come up. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I was amazed by this because by the end of the weekend, I had like 25 different labels and some of them were similar to other ones, but there's a lot of different thoughts that we have. So wait, when you say like, okay, I have like so many things to say. <laughs> Maybe I should go to a silent retreat. Um, <laughs> so the first thing, I definitely want to come back to labels, but you know, a lot of what you were saying about the importance of meditation and how it allows you to sit with your feelings and understand how, you, who you are and what you think. And I think that for me alone is what is most terrifying about it. Because I don't know if I really want to know what I'm thinking and how I feel and who I am. And I, I, I've been growing through that process for years. Um, but I think for so many years, I didn't really want to explore that. And I think that's what's so scary. And, and yeah. maybe that's what people hesitate. You know, that's what stops them. They're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't really want to know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally hear you. I mean, I didn't do it for some time because I wasn't really interested in that. Well, you know, I didn't really care what I thought about. Um, but for me, like just having gone down this path, now I'm immensely more curious. And to be honest, just a lot more open to that experience and open to the fact that there are parts of myself that I'm not going to like and mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm learning to live with that. And I think that we have that anyways, like we have that baggage already and there's ways that we can go about ignoring it. And we do that. Like we do that through drinking, through technology, through any sort of substance or 
process with which we're trying to mask what we're really thinking about and feeling about and that sometimes can be like awesome like sometimes yeah i just want to go and have a few drinks and not think about something that happened to me over the week um but at the same time there's this other tool that you can use when you want to be a bit more introspective and mm-hmm. see that and and also i think it's important to say like this isn't meditation is not like all this heavy stuff either <laughs> that like the reason to start it can to be start, fun <laughs> it can be happy right <laughs> i mean the reason to start is that you can just become you can become a lot calmer right you can learn to quiet your mind just a little bit right you can see like oh i'm thinking about what i have to do today and i'm thinking about this thing that happened yesterday oh but wait i want to just sit here and look at this tree out the window for um a second and mm-hmm. appreciate this tree right like it, i mean it can just be moments of calm so i don't want you and and listeners to think that, like it has to be this big heavy thing um i, I think i just came out of this weekend retreat so i'm my mind is kind of there right now right but that's definitely not what it's been about for me in the past so what are some things what are some things that you've experienced you said you know you can kind of learn things about yourself is there anything that comes to mind that was really surprising to you that you've learned during during this meditative process like any characteristics or like weird tics that or like constant <laughs> thoughts that you're like, man, I am weird. Is there anything that, that comes to mind that really was truly surprising? Definitely, yeah. There's a few things. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to this weekend just because that's what's most on my mind and where I did get a bunch of insights into this. So I did the labeling, like I mentioned. And okay, yeah, yeah. The labeling were things like, like if a thought would come to me and I, when I'd realize it, I'd say thinking and then I'd try and label what type of thinking that was. So thinking, planning, or thinking, judging, like judging someone else or judging myself or thinking, solving, so I'm trying to like solve one of my problems that I feel like I have or thinking, anticipating. So we did some walking meditations and I'd find that I would be anticipating getting to a point in the future. Like I wanted to get to where the sunlight was because that looked like it was going to be a lot nicer than being in the cold shade that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some examples of, of the different labels. And I guess my big takeaways from this weekend were I think a lot about ideas and planning. Like I'm constantly producing random ideas about anything. And I knew that before to some degree, but I didn't really know notice how like obsessive that I was about it. Hmm. Um, and the other thing too was, which you know, I hate to admit it because <laughs> I never really thought that this was a part of me, at least as much as I noticed it, was that I can be really judgy. Like, <laughs> and these are, like, yeah. these are like really snap judgments. Like these aren't conscious looking at someone and thinking, oh, I don't right. like the way you're doing this. But it was just like, I just look at someone and I'd notice like, I just had a judgment on that person. Like, mm. why, why was I judging? And I, like, I couldn't even articulate necessarily what that judgment was, but I could tell by the way that I, I reacted that I was thinking that I was better than them in some way. 
And yeah. It wasn't even like a conscious thing, which is, that was really, really incredible. It's like, oh, okay, there's something to work on there. <laughs> did you assign a voice to the, to these different labels? Like did judgy voice <laughs> have a little bit more of a, nye, 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't have the creative idea to do that, but, but I think now that you I should. Will. Yeah, I have <laughs> like, like little characters. It. You're judging me right now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I think. That's what I'm scared of. You know, I'm, I always th- always think back to the the show Dexter, like the Dark Passenger. I'm like, I'm scared. I'm going to go into like meditation and find out that I have like this dark serial killer passenger or something <laughs> that I need to like <laughs> not know about. Um, so that's really interesting. Where did you get the idea for labeling your thoughts? I mean, and did they give you like a cheat sheet or is this just, you know, I feel like I wouldn't know how to even start with that. Like what label would I, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I totally get it. I, I had the idea of labeling like, I don't know, 10 or 12 months ago, I think, because I wrote it down to something I wanted to to do more often. And one thing that I do every morning, actually, and this might be a good place to start, okay, um, is that I write down my thoughts and my mood. And those just like high level bullet point, like what are three moods that I'm feeling? And that was like a revelation for me when I started to do this is that I realized that I'm always in several different moods. It's not just one mood. Like I'm happy about this. I'm sad about this. I'm angry about this. Uh, and then what am I thinking about? And that that's been helpful for me just to bring awareness to like what I think about and what my moods are and connecting like, you know, Oh, I read that news story yesterday and that is making me feel really depressed. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. maybe I don't want to read those kind of news stories anymore. And it's helped me to make decisions in my life of what I want to consume and and intake versus what I don't. Um, So So when you write about what you're thinking about, do you literally just say, um, kind of a high level, I'm thinking about this, or do you go on to like explore a little more and that makes me feel mad and how, what can I do about it? Or is it literally just, these are the things I'm thinking about? Well, they're often connected. So I'll write down like, you know, I'm feeling like today I was like, I'm really excited to talk to Meredith on her podcast. <laughs> so that's something that I wrote down as my mood. And so like, the thought that followed it was that you know, like, why? Well, I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk to interesting people and, and just have these fun conversations, right? So, like, that was that was part of it, right? Um, so, it's, it's, it's really simple. And it I try to not make it complicated because it's not something I want to resist doing. Um, right. If it's one or two bullet points, or even if it's, like, if there's really not much there, which there rarely is, to be honest. There's usually stuff there. But yeah, I try to keep it super simple. And that's been helpful to cultivate a certain level of awareness. I'd say that this meditation retreat, I mean, keep in mind, I've been meditating for five years okay, and every day for three years. And this is my first weekend intensive retreat that I just came out of. So I've evolved to this point where, you know, I've, I've become aware of certain ways that I think or certain moods that I have. And I've come to like, know that and accept that and make some changes to that. Uh, this was the first one that was, these, I went a lot deeper. And so I, you know, I'm extracting a lot more at that level, which I'd say I'm much more in a position to deal with it now. Like I think where you're at, if you, you haven't started and you're thinking of these things that I'm talking about being like, Oh, that's really daunting. 
totally. I would have thought the same thing five years ago. Um, so I wouldn't say, like, don't make that the goal. That's, mm-hmm. that's something that could happen if you want it to, if you allow it to, if you want to get down that path. But, you know, it's only going to go as far as you take it. And uh, focus on the small, immediate benefit of why you th- think it's a good idea for you, you to do it. And just follow the process and see where it takes you. Because I think it takes everyone in a completely different place. What do you think about adding on, and I know you're probably going to say that you have to personalize your morning, but what do you think about adding on like to-do list or goals for the day? Does that just become more of an anxiety type (laughs) breeder if you, if you do that in the morning or, or in your experience, has that been a part of creating a better morning, kind of laying out your day? So yes, I would say that it's important to personalize your morning. And that's something that I talk about a lot in my blog that it's really about how do you customize your morning that's important for you. Um, and I have a guide in, on my website. It's five simple strategies to customize your morning routine. Okay. Now, to answer your question, though, one of the strategies in that guide is about planning. And I'm a big advocate for planning your day the day before. And I don't mean like minute by minute plan your day. Like this is more of an outline I use sort of time blocks and I I think of my time in blocks and be like, okay, what am I going to do in these different time blocks? And I like to do it the day before because then I can wake up and just execute. I don't have to think about what I'm going to do. Right. I know some people like to plan their day in the morning. I I did that before. And I, when I switched to planning my day at the end of my work day for the next day, I found a huge sense of relief because in the evening I wouldn't, think about oh like oh, I need to do this tomorrow I got to remember to write that down like it would just already be set and done and then in the morning when I wake up like sometimes I'll review certain goals that I have or high level big picture just like where am I right now and where am I going um, but in terms of the minute details of planning out the day I I think for me and, and for most people it's much better to, to get that done before and not have to think about it and just wake up and execute See, I need to do that so bad in my life because on the way I I woke up this morning and took the kids to school. Today was an off day for working out. So I didn't, I didn't work out today. I usually go straight to the gym or straight to a workout. Um, But I went to Starbucks and I had this big idea that I was going to work on my book because that is the thing I'm kicking the can down the road. Like you would not believe like today I'm going to write X and then I'm like squirrel. And then I'm, you know, hosting a yard sale and and it's just like the stupidest stuff. Like I'm refusing to actually do the one important thing. Right. And so this morning I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I know I got the podcast 11. I'm going to go and write for three hours. (laughs) And what did I do? No, I like launched t-shirts that I, you know, were selling on the retail site, which is a major time suck. And it, it has its own place that I need to prioritize. But, you know, I, I set out to do this thing and then I just didn't do it. And I feel because like in triathlon training, I have my workouts, I have my coach the night before I know what I'm doing. I lay out my clothes and I go do that thing. And so I think this is brilliant that I need this in my life because maybe I wouldn't have done what I did today, which was not right at all on what I needed to do. And I think if I structured it, just like I structure my workouts, like, like, uh uh-huh, (laughs) what a moment. Yeah. I want to dig into this a little bit more, actually. So what, 
when did you decide that you were going to write for three hours? And what was your process in terms of thinking and how you decided not to do that? Yeah. So last night, um, an email came in from my retail designer. He, he, with all the, the new stuff we're launching for the holiday. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need to deal with that. And I don't want to look at it tonight. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. And on the way to start, well, actually, when I realized last night, I also realized I didn't have a workout. And so I said, um, no, that's not true. That's not true. I'm lying. So I did not decide to actually write on my book until I was driving to Starbucks. So I had like no plan, basically. Okay. Like last night, I loosely knew I needed to deal with, and there were several emails I needed to deal with today. And I knew I needed to because they deserved a response. And um, so, yeah, it was on the way there that I was like, well, my morning is wide open, <laughs> even though right. it totally wasn't. So I set myself up for failure right out of the gate by like ignoring what I, the things that I needed to do. I don't know. Like it just was, but it was almost like a deliberate form of self-sabotage. Totally. <laughs> and we all do this. Like this is completely normal. One more question and then I'll address this. So were you ex like really excited to work on the retail stuff? Was that something you wanted to do? Why did you decide to do that? Like, was it motivating or an easier task? Like, why? Well, it's why more, that? and I think it's more time sensitive, right? Because we've okay. got the holidays coming up. I need to get these orders in, and it, it's more. There's a time. There's a deadline, and right. my own book. There's no deadline. Like, I don't. Right. You know, I'm not even to the point where I'm. I would submit it for a publisher for a pitch. You know, it's that the idea is all there. I'm yep. ready to roll with it, but. There's no deadline. Yes. Okay. Um, Got it. What's the deadline for this t-shirt retail? Like, I mean, it, it was immediate. I mean, it was this week, you know, I need to do it this okay. week. I needed to do it. And what's today? Wednesday. So I needed to do it before Friday. Right. Didn't need Got to it. write my book before Friday. Don't yeah. need to write my book before I turn 60. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. Yeah. That's the thing about these types of tasks and these the types of tasks that you're talking about are the ones that are important, but they're not urgent. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're super important though. Like it's like if I had to make a list of the thing that's the most important, writing the book is the most important because it feeds, it, it's like my next idea. It feeds all the you know stuff I want to do. Like it's the one thing yeah. but I just keep kicking it down the road. Absolutely. Have you seen the, I forget the name. I think it's sometimes called the Eisenhower box where you have like four quadrants and on in one quadrant, it's urgent and important tasks. The next one is oh, yeah. non-urgent, important yeah. tasks, urgent and not important, and then not urgent and not important. Right. And so we tend to do a lot of the urgent, but not important tasks or the urgent, but important tasks first. Um, the urgent important tasks are obviously the ones that we need to get done. Like they're urgent and they're important. We got to get it done. But urgent and not important are the ones that we we tend to like just fill our time with because we want to do something that feels like we're getting something done. So mm -hmm. email is a, a prime example of that, like not important email. Um, right. I think I actually do not urgent, not important mostly. Not <laughs> urgent, not important. <laughs> I mean, the more I look at the things I do, like these, like the, the t-shirts and the hoodies and all this stuff, I didn't need to do it. Like 
life would go on for the whole world if I didn't even do that. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's like I just create these things to do. But it's like you, you're always creating and planning. I'm always creating and planning and executing. Like I do not have an execution problem. Right. The problem That's is great. I, I execute everything <laughs> in the urge, not urgent, not important column. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I totally get it. I used to do this all the time. And one thing that I have a strong skill set in is planning. But it's funny because I never used to do this in my life. Like I wouldn't really plan my day. Or I wouldn't plan my personal tasks mm -hmm. um, because I was like, well, I plan in my job and I organize events and like I'm always planning that way. But as soon as I started to apply the planning and organizational skills to how I was actually living my day and structuring my life. And I don't mean to say like my life is, has to be like really structured all the time. It's not like I think part of the structure is to plan for no structure. Um, but that was a huge shift. And one thing I think that you can do with this, which I've had huge success with, is to have sort of a block of time in your day. For me, that's my morning. But block of time that is always going to be your block of time for working on these types of tasks, the ones that are not urgent but important. And especially for you, it sounds like writing your book is in that, right? So you could have a block of I'd even start with something like 30 minutes or yeah, even 15 minutes. I think that's the thing. I'm trying to sit down, you know, and dedicate this big block of time. But, it, you know, it's like the John Grisham thing. He wrote, what, 500 words or a page every day as right. a lawyer trying to get his book done. I mean, if yeah. I would just write a flipping two pages, a page every day, like it's not going to be a, a, as big of a book as my first one. It, I mean, done by like Valentine's Day, <laughs> you know? And when I think of stuff like that, I'm like, what is my problem? Well, we all have this problem because there's so many choices these days, right? Yeah. And it, it's a really a matter of getting clear on what our priorities are and figuring out what are the ways to build the habits that are going to ensure that we can consistently do the habits. Um, so it might even be starting with like writing one sentence or, you know, and doing that every day for a week and just building that habit up. Like it's, it depends on each person. It kind of depends on, I think, how motivated you are right so sometimes you're just like so done with how you've been living and you just you need to get up and start training for that iron man and you're gonna spend like you know an hour and a half in the morning and you're motivated and you just like you do that like sometimes right. it's easy to change that habit in that way but other times like this like it's like well you know i could do it i could not do it um, <laughs> right. but if it's truly important then it's more getting clear on how you can build those habits and, and, and that this is a priority that I'm going to do. I'm beginning to think that I need to totally redo this podcast and just call it like Meredith laying on the couch because like all my <laughs> guests, I just like tell my stories and I'm like, okay, how can you help me with this? But, it, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just like using this as a shrink session. But I do think that a lot of people have the squirrel problem, you know, just, what are you know just distracted and, and we I mean I think a lot of times I avoid doing what I need to do and what I view as most important because I don't feel like putting myself out there and I also know mm. what kind of work it's going to take like I know what it takes to write a book and put it out because I've done it you know and it's right. like oh I don't know if I feel like doing this again even though I know how to do it now like so, yeah yeah. I mean, that's that's so true. And that's why when we start a habit and then 
we get out of that habit for some reason, it's so much harder to start it the second time because mm-hmm. we know what it takes <laughs> and we know that it's not easy. And the mountain seems so much higher yeah. at that point. I actually got an email from from a lady this morning and I sent out an email last week asking someone what their biggest struggle was or asking like it was an email newsletter and it said, you know, you can reply to me with your biggest struggle. And she said that she had lost like 70 pounds and was doing all this great stuff. And then something happened and she gained back 70 plus 30. And now she's not interested in really moving forward because she knows how much it took to lose that 70 pounds. And when she looks at it now, she's got 70 plus 30. And so, yeah, I, I, that is interesting. I've never really thought about (laughs) what it takes. You know, you know, what's coming and that kind of falls in that category of letting ourselves go, which I, I take issue with that statement, but I think it's that proverbial, like, okay, I can't possibly do what I did before. It was too hard. It took everything in me. So I'm just going to like, not just not gonna do anything (laughs) i'm just gonna yeah yeah it's completely natural i think we all do it and so this is exactly why i've started to pay a lot more attention to mornings and invest in them because Mm -hmm. building the habits and the structures for those habits are what will help you to succeed when you don't feel like doing something right when you can get something to a point where it's automated that you just wake up and literally do that, then it's not a choice, right? Like I don't have to choose to meditate anymore in the morning. I don't choose to stretch when I wake up. Flossing is actually a bit more challenging. <laughs> that one I will like that one pesky let slip. <laughs> but <laughs> that one pesky tooth, all the pesky teeth. Um, but w- what I have, uh, what I've done is I have like unwavering morning rituals. And these are, three rituals that I do no matter what um, because I found that when I would go traveling or when like guests would come visit or just something would come up and throw me off my schedule and I would get out of these morning rhythms and routines it was harder to get back into them and it was just a constant battle so I thought like okay what can I do to just make sure that I can check the box for the day and I came up with there's three rituals that I'm always going to do because I can do them in 30 seconds or less if I need to Okay. Uh, and those I've mentioned a couple of them. They're stretching, meditation, and gratitude, right? And so mm-hmm. if I'm traveling or something, like I, I can just like literally just like okay, I reach down and touch my toes. That counts for stretching. <laughs> uh, and then I can mindfully brush my teeth, or I can when I'm walking down the street, just be mindful uh, of that for the meditation checkbox, and then. Gratitude, I typically in the morning will write down in a Word document like things that I'm grateful for, and I have this big long list of more oh, than that's 600. Cool. You yeah. can do that in your phone too, like in the note thing. Totally. Oh, and wait, I need to rewind because you just said you were, you meditated by mindfully brushing your teeth. See, right. I think I'm going about this thing all wrong. I could mindfully brush my teeth. Disgust. What is this? <laughs> Yes. And actually, I think I'm really glad you brought that up because that's a really important point. We got pretty deep into meditation and where it can go, but that's probably not where most people are at. And yeah, being just more present and mindful in something that you're doing is a great way to start. And even if that's all you want to do, right, it's just more about being present with what you're doing 
and not in your head with what you're thinking, right? So if you're brushing your teeth, like really be there brushing your teeth, like pull out the toothpaste and like notice your hand pulling it out, put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. And then, you know, if you're using a manual toothbrush, like just feel your hand making the strokes and feel that on your teeth, like look at yourself in the mirror and like try just to be there and not be thinking about whatever Anything you else. think about. Hmm. And and that's that, even that is like really hard, right? I, yeah, because I, so I would start really laughing. Hard. I mean, I feel like I would be like, "Look at me brushing my teeth." Oh my yeah, gosh, I mean, it's like, weird. I'm such a yeah. dork. I don't know. Get it's my true. left arm swinging, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So Craig and I met actually at tribe tribe conference in what was that September? I guess. Yeah. And um, long story short, we one of the speakers was um, her name's yes, yes, Marsha. And she talks about how we all have this dork goblin that when we're put in a, situ- a social situation, we do this, this or multiple things that are totally stupid and embarrass us like verbal tics or physical tics. And so they asked for, she asked for a volunteers from the audience as to who knew what their dork goblin was. And I raised my hand cause I totally knew. And, when I get to talking to someone new, I'll get my left arm swinging, <laughs> like just in rapid succession, like making a point. And so after I did that, like I think we had lunch or something. And then Craig ran into me in the, like, I don't know, coming in or going out. And we hadn't spoken before, but he just like swung his arm. <laughs> He's like, how are you doing? And so that's actually how, how we connected. But anyway, that was the inside joke. So now everyone knows. And when people see me, they can swing their left arms. I love that story. And I, I, like, it just, it made me laugh so much when you stood up and said that. And then whenever I'd see you, I just like think of your left arm swinging and (laughs) it just, yeah, it always, it still cracks me up just thinking about it. I love it. It's really, really dorky. It's a bad one. We've all got them. Yeah, truly. Um, so where were we before I went off on that? We're talking oh. about mindfully brushing our teeth and how right. weird that is, which yes. agree, like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty weird. An easier way to do this that might not be as weird is when you're washing dishes, right? So you can just like, just be there washing the dishes and you're not looking in the mirror then. Don't um, you feel and- like this is like a bad porn though? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is just like setting up for like you're brushing your teeth and then you're like doom, chicken, burr, burr. I don't know yeah. it just sounds funny the meditation then I don't know what happened in your house Meredith but you know <laughs> then we're washing the dishes I don't know I have I have problems <laughs> Craig problems that's my dork goblin saying inappropriate things at inappropriate times okay so we're gonna mindfully not sexually wash the dishes right right <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Uh, yeah. in like anything, just anything where you can find yourself to be more present doing that. And I, I think one thing that draws us to sports and athleticism and any sort of physical activity is this. It's because we can actually turn off our mind and be present in that activity. Right. Right. Like that's what I loved about playing ultimate Frisbee is that like when I'm running down the field and the Frisbee is flying in the air I'm trying to figure out like, you know, where, how do I have to time this and jump at the right time to catch it when I'm at my peak in my jump? I'm not like consciously thinking about even that or anything. Like I'm just literally running and my body is doing the work. And that is such a beautiful place to be. And that's why I was drawn to meditation is because I 
wasn't able to do that in sports anymore through uh, having an injury, but meditation was something that I'd heard, oh, maybe I can get there. Mm -hmm. So how much of creating these rituals helps just to stop the frenzy of the morning? I mean, I know when I wake up, my, my brain goes immediately into overdrive, you know, everything that I have to do, like right the second, right, you know, get the kids ready, blah, blah. And it's, right. you know, if I can see where if I had planned my day the night before, and then if I just, I mean, as far as like the rolling you know, or making your list of um, your mood and, and what was the other thing, what, what you're thinking about. Right. Um, does that just kind of put a halt on the crazy? I mean, if you've got a really overactive brain that just wants to send you into mania, I mean, does it just kind of stop that? I, this is, I think, where it really comes down to like, each individual, what's important to that person, like what's important to you, what life stage you're at. Like, you have kids, and there are certain constraints around that with your mornings, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm going to plug this again, but on my website, there's the guide, Five Simple Strategies to Customize Your Morning Routine. Yeah. What I did was I looked at hundreds of different of pe- hundreds of different morning routines of other people to see what are the commonalities of of strategies that people can use. And so I've got kind of like a workbook that you can work through and figure out which rituals are going to be best for you. Writing your thoughts and mood that might not be good for you with where you're at and what you want (laughs) to do right now. I'm pissed off and I can't (laughs) get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I should, I should look at that and figure out how it would be most beneficial because I don't know if that would for me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yes. Another post that I'm working on right now, which I'm going to publish in the next month. I've been working on this for like eight or nine months in the background. It's the ultimate guide to morning routines or something like that. I can't remember exactly how I'm going to title it, but like mm-hmm. the ultimate list of morning routines, 125 plus habits to consider. Oh, so wow. There, like there are so many things you could do, right? Um, which I, I think that's really important is to not get caught up on like, oh, well, Craig does this, so I can do this. It's it's it really yeah. takes a, like a bit of reflection on your part to say, like, what do I reasonably have time for, and what is most important to me, and does this even make sense to do in the morning? Like maybe this is a ritual that I want to do, but it's better for me to do in the evening, or I could do this at lunch, right? It's not just about the morning. It's really about when you're waking up, like, what are you doing and what are you deciding to do? And and what are you thinking about, which reaches out and touches other points in your day. And so it's, how do you balance what you're doing in the morning with the rest of your day is, is also a big part of what I, I write about. And also setting yourself up for success, right? I mean, I have this great, great, you know, idea based off of, I think Tim Ferriss has a a blog or a podcast that he did with morning pages or something where he sits with this like amazing rare cup of tea and at his big wooden table with his like calm life (laughs) and his like perfect sweater or something. And like, I love the idea of that, but that is not my life and that is not reality. And so 
I think that I'm often resistant because I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to fail at that. So I'm not even going to try. But we've got to create things that truly are achievable and fit with our life. Definitely. And I'd even say, like, if you talk to Tim Ferriss, he would say that's not his life at all. Right. Like <laughs> our our perception of what right, the way we see right. other people and like, oh, they're doing these routines and rituals. So their life must be so great and calm. Like it's it's not, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I, I think that for you having kids, too, like there's a whole other factor in there that you have to consider is like, how do I not only get myself ready and primed for the day but how do I get my children ready um, and so that's there's a different level where I think you can think about ways that you can ease that process in the morning um, so, so I have how, one reader oh go ahead go ahead yeah I have one reader who she was having some challenges with with her mornings and uh, she would just like get up and have like 30 minutes to herself before her kids would wake up and then she found that like by the time the kids were getting out the door, they would be rushing and she'd essentially be like barking orders at people because it's like, we got to go, we got to get moving. And it was always just really stressful. So she had like a good start to her day for her, with time for herself, but it, it would quickly right. end up being just something stressful. And, and so she wanted to change that. Um, so some of the things that she did was figuring out what can she do in the evening that's going to make the morning better. So now her kids with her, they like pack their lunch together they set out their clothes for the next day and um, even like create like a little schedule of like, this is what the morning's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And and then it's like on, on the whiteboard. I think, I think she does that. It might've been someone else that told me this. So I might be mixing people, but That's let's okay. just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> and then, It's like the one super mom. She does yeah, it all totally. right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And, and then the other big thing she did was to not check social media in the morning. Yes. Yes. Right. And so like eliminating that now she doesn't check until she goes to work and she gets up and she has a bit of time to herself. And then she plays piano with one of her kids and like they have like a nice breakfast together. That's a little bit longer than they did before. And they get out the door in a way that's not stressful. And for her, that's been a huge shift. And obviously just makes your life so much better. Right. You can get those, those moments of stress to be reduced or eliminated. And that's very much, I think, what's what's important here is looking at, like, what are the major stressors in your life or in your day-to-day -day and figuring out ways that you can reduce or eliminate those. I think so, it's yeah. you, you made a really good point about how, you know, with Tim Ferriss and stuff, that the ideal is not what we think it is and how – I just think it's really interesting that this woman – made everything so much better by just dealing with the logistics of her life better, that it doesn't have to be this crazy ideal, you know, like you said, with meditation, we don't have to be in this perfect place with candles and blah, blah, blah. You can, <laughs> you can make what you have better just by being a little more thoughtful with it. Yes, absolutely. It's really about awareness and intention. So becoming more aware of what are some of the shifts or tweaks that I can make and having the intention and then following through with action of, okay, I'm going to try this. And a lot of it too is experimentation, right? Like I can't tell you how many habits that I've tried and failed at or habits that I've tried and been like, eh, this one's not really doing it for me. Like this is not having the result that I want, so I'm not going to do it. So I think it's 
it's just paying attention and doing the the little bits that you can and like not having these big expectations of like I'm gonna write three hours for my book this morning. How about you know <laughs> I'm gonna write Who said that? ten minutes? <laughs> no, but like not to call anyone out, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, like I'm so stupid sometimes that I think, okay, I'm going to write some morning stuff. Cause I re I did it for like, I don't know, two or three weeks and it was really helpful for me. Um, so I know that that's something that I, I get value from, but I will, you know, procrastinate something or, or co- make my own problems with it by not knowing where I can write. Like, do I do it in the bed when I wake up? Do I need to carry my book downstairs? And like, I'll make this whole universe of problems based off of the location of my notebook. (laughs) You know, I mean, do people do that? Or is that just me? No, we all do that. Absolutely. We all have different forms of resistance or uh, ways to procrastinate, right? So a lot of people, it's, it's technology. I think all of us is technology right? Mm-hmm. Like social media or checking our email. Like it's something that we do because we don't want to do whatever task we really should be doing. And um, I think there's something too, to writing in a notebook that's very, you know, obsessive compulsive perfectionist tendencies. And it's like, Oh, does it have to be neat? Do I have the right pen? Is this notebook too nice for this task? Is it too crappy? I mean, maybe I just need to get a whiteboard and put it up, like nail it in my bathroom. <laughs> and then every Try morning it. I just get up and write on it and then wipe it off. <laughs> it's done. Like, would that be helpful or is that dumb? Does that, de- do you want to be able to go back and look at your stuff or is that not the point? Am I just creating bad mornings? <laughs> I don't think you're creating bad mornings. I, I think that, yeah, you, you need to really consider like, what is the best answer for me? Like, do I want to read this again? Do I need this again? Like what, what is the point of doing this in the first place? And what's the yeah. best way for me to make that happen? So I think you should start by getting my guides and working through it. <laughs> I will do that. Are you saying I should get your guide? I don't know. I feel like I should get your guide. Okay, you so how do people find your website and your guide? It's at creategoodmornings.com. Okay. If you go right there, you'll see the option to get the guide or to go on and, and just read some of the blog posts and see what else I think about and write about. Very cool. Well, I really enjoy this, Craig, and um, I'll I'll post the link up to your site. And um, yeah, I think I think there was some good stuff here for us to all think about. And um, thanks for the for the mental session <laughs> for me for my uh, therapy session today. It was great. <laughs> it was wonderful. I had a really good time. And uh, yeah, I want to hear about your meditation, how that goes too. So yeah, gotta, I'm gonna have to do touch. like a whole show on that because literally this is like. I guess you'll probably be episode 49 or 50. Um, And it's been 50 episodes of me just complaining about how I need to meditate. So at some (laughs) point, I'm going to need to maybe for the special 50th episode, I can actually reveal. No, it wouldn't be that soon. It'll probably be the 100th episode. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll be listening to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Craig. And I hope you have a good one. I'll look forward to following along with all the things you've got going and doing and all the great mornings we're going to create. Awesome. Thanks, Meredith. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.